part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Thank you, kids. Thank you. Thank you. So, so the cool part, and, and Bobby had that idea, the cool part is two churches doing life together, right? I mean, we did it here for 90 kids, and we did it out there for 58 kids. And, and so we're just gonna, I'm just going to throw some questions out. They're all nervous as I'll get up up here. Um, but one, we wanted you guys to see some of y'all had cards and, and who you were praying for. The Brumbelows aren't up there. Bonnie Kate's not up there. Lexi said she didn't want to get up there. Um, but when you're praying, this is who you were praying for out there. Um, and so uh, God was so good to us. The weather was awesome. So the first question, if anybody wants to, to answer, what was your favorite part about Utah? What was just your favorite part about Utah? <laughs> so I would say it's probably just like the, because it's the state in general, right? Just, just the state, where we were at, Eagle uh, Mountain. Probably, probably would say just like the view and everything. It was really beautiful. It was also cool. It was great weather. It was not hot and muggy. It felt great. But um, the hikes are great. Just going around, looking at everything was great. But I was probably just say like just the natural scenery of everything was great. Okay. Anybody else? But it was cold. <laughs> so it was it was fifty five degrees every morning. It was fifty five degrees, no humidity. Um, so I know Matt, I, Brian, we'd go for runs in the morning, and you don't have that around here. It's nice. It was fifty five degrees. It was beautiful. Anybody else with the lollipop question of what did you like about Utah? Um, I also want to say that would be like. Sean said, like, the view, like, the mountains were so beautiful. Like, even when you were, like, in the car, you could see, like, everything. It was really amazing. Yeah, it's a different uh, different view, but it makes you appreciate, you know, trees. Uh, <laughs> uh, just how green everything is around here. But it's, a, it's different waking up and looking at that than it is here. Yeah, so they, they, it's in the valley, and so there's, there's mountains all around. And it's so – this is the greenest it's been in years because they had more snowfall than ever. And so it's like the desert. And so when Brian says there's trees, hey, we like trees. Um, but there, I mean, you wake up and every window you look out of wherever you're staying, there's a mountain range. It is simply beautiful. Anybody else want to answer that question? All right. So what was your favorite part or thing about VBS? What was your favorite thing or part about VBS? Uh, my favorite part was seeing the same kids that we saw last year. I had a lot of them in my group, and then just a lot of the ones that kind of moved up to the out of the age group that I was in, and just seeing the same kids and them remembering us and us remembering them. It was just that was that was cool. It was special, and I hope we get to do it again next year. For uh, I ended up working at the craft station, kind of bounced around craft station. Yeah. Um, uh, but listening to our guys, who the joy and the enthusiasm that they got to share, and I think, Bobby, I think you've already said it, but I'll, I'll echo it. Uh, you know, they got up and they left this place and they went out and they planted seeds. And they may never see the harvest, but they went into the mission field and they planted. But to hear them ask those kids questions and just challenge those kids, you know, like, wait, what, what does that cross represent when we're creating a craft? Of, you know, the represents what does that mean? Just hearing them bounce small questions, just everyday questions that we take for granted um, or that we, we say without really much thought because, you know, we sing um, 
was uh, Keepers of the Kingdom. The, I think that's our theme song, and it says, Jesus, you're the only way. Uh, that's, that's something we say. That's something that doesn't exist out there. That's powerful. Uh, and to hear them you know, just challenge these little kids with some thinking was, was pretty awesome. So my favorite part would probably be the very last day, since all the kids kind of got used to us and they weren't shy around us like they were the first day. And they just, at the very end, they all gave us hugs, saying, like, we'll see you next year. And so we'll know we'll see a bunch of the kids. And it was fun to just see them actually hang out all together and hang out with their parents. And, yeah. I'll say it. Uh, I think my favorite part was seeing the relationships that all of the youth built with the with the young ones and um, probably an extension of BBS is um, Drew and Matt and Sean um, asking some particular boys hey are you going to be at church on Sunday are you going to be at church and we knew that these were LDS kids and um, when they showed up on Sunday that was huge so that's my favorite anybody else what was your favorite thing about BBS I would say about for us, like, uh, some, like, I know Matt and Hannah, they led groups, so they only got to see, like, 10 or, like, 10 to 15 kids. But no, Matt had 14. Matt had 14. Hey, my bad, my bad, my 18 bad. the last day. 18, 18, 5 and under. My bad. Y'all, y'all pray for Matt. No, but I like being in a, like, is me and Rory and Drew did games, so I like being able to see every single kid, and, like, not just, like, get to know just a few of them, but get to know, like, every single one of them, and be able to, like, just, like, do the games with them and watch them have fun every day. That was probably the, the coolest part. All right, all right. All right, so we had had an opportunity, so a new temple was built in Eagle Mountain, and, and temples in the LDS Church are, are very important to them, and, um... Something like we've never seen before, but we were blessed with the opportunity because they had an open house while we were there, and it's actually closed now. Um, but we actually, as non-LDS temple pass holders, were able to go into the temple and, and, and walk through and see it. And so my question was, what, what did you think about or, or what did the temple tour, what, how did it impress you or, or what were your thoughts? What did you think? Um, I thought it was really weird. Before we even <laughs> before we even got to go in there, they put little booties on our shoes because little kids that were as old as the kids that were just dancing uh, were putting things on our shoes because we weren't allowed to step on the actual thing. They it would have been dirty because we were unclean, and that was weird. And then it's really just not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a big open kind of like a big Catholic church. It was big and open and one room, but it was a bunch of small rooms that all had weird little meetings that were all really weird, too, so. And I'll just, just to clarify, um. <laughs> thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Thanks for getting us out of uh, the weeds. It definitely is outside of the box for a, you're a Christian, um, because we are used to a congregation-style setting inside of a large room. Um, but the purpose of the temple is very different than the purpose to come here and to learn and worship is what we would do is, is worship together as a congregation and we would learn from our pastor and there the purpose of the temple is really to go through ordinances where um, and the LDS believe you would um, have faith but then there are all these other steps and 
things that you have to go through to um, be accepting to God, uh, you know, to have God accept you or to move to our higher level of heaven. So they're there to do in these different little rooms to do ordinances, endowments, um, to go through these ceremonies, to be sealed um, to their husband or wife. And so there's all these extra things that they have that in, in our faith, which I now have a much deeper appreciation for, that it really is simple, that Jesus is enough, that we accept him into our heart, and then we, we are then sanctified through life, you know, through um, learning more about him and, and coming in closer relationship with him. But we don't have to do all those other weird things um, <laughs> that are weird to us, but, you know, we don't want to be sitting in judgment of them because that's what they've been taught. Um, so we were just privileged to um, hopefully plant a seed, show them another way. Um, so something that like stuck out to me was we watched this video before we went in and all throughout the video They just kept saying how the temple brings them peace and like happiness. happiness. Yeah, peace and happiness are like the two biggest things they feel in the temple And like as we walked through the temple peace was the last thing I felt like I have never felt so heavy in my whole life like it was just a weight on my chest the whole time we walked through and like they just kept saying, oh, in the video, this woman literally said, going to the temple makes me a better wife for my husband. And the husband was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. It's like, it brings me happiness and it brings me peace. And I, as we were walking through, I was like, those are the two last emotions that I, have, that I felt in the temple. Uh, it was very creepy. <laughs> very, very creepy. Um, in that same video, one of the uh, guys, he was like an older man, and he was like, heaven would not be heaven if my wife and kids were not there. And for us, it's heaven would not be heaven if, if I was not with God. And it, each room that I walked through, it got harder and harder because there's a whole bunch of Mormons at each door and whenever you go up the stairs, there's a Mormon at the bottom, Mormon at the top, Mormon at the corner, like ev everywhere there was a Mormon. So you had to go through the rooms and you had to look in the Mormon's eyes. And to me, that was the hardest because I had to look in there and I had to be like, okay, this person, they're going to hell. Like that's where they're going. And they fully believe this and so each room, I was like going through and I was like looking in their eyes and then towards the end, I couldn't look at them anymore because it got so hard and so uncomfortable because I knew where they were going. But I think, when, so obviously we want to be very respectful to everything, but when we look at it and even when you look in the garden from the beginning, you know, the serpent just spun it a little bit, two degrees, right? Let's just say two degrees. And, and that's kind of where the LDS is in that they, they've taken some stuff and they're continuing to do it today where they keep have to change their doctrine and their, their what they believe. And those two degrees, two degrees, two degrees, sooner or later becomes 180 degrees and you're total opposite. And, and so once again, you know, that's where Bobby said and Brian said, and you know, we're out there trying to plant the seeds. And so if you think about it, before I get to the next question, so Eagle Mountain in 2022, their average age is 20.3. Think about that. The average age in Eagle Mountain, which is about the, the has just Eagle Mountain, not Saratoga Springs, but Eagle Mountain has almost the same population as Jackson County, almost 80,000 people. OK, 
okay? Their average age is 20.3, okay? So there's a lot of kids in under 18. 49.5% of that, of, of their population is under the age of 18. Think about that. When, when Bobby's talking about planting acorns and planting seeds. So in, in comparison, Jackson County in 2022, our average age is 35. So there's a 15-year age gap in the medium age of Eagle Mountain, Utah, in Jackson County, Georgia, right? And so that's why it's so important for us. And, and, you know, it's not like going to Jamaica or going to Uganda or some of that because they don't need our money. The, the, the medium income there is $99,000. They don't need our money. All right, and uh, we're going to play basketball. <laughs> um, but when you think about it, what do you, you know, this is why we're going is to love on those kids and, and open their eyes. Uh, so the next question is, so we got to go tour Temple Square and, and uh, the museum and all kind of stuff. So next question is, what did you like or found interesting about the museum or Temple Square or talking to the sisters? What did you find interesting or hard or encouraging? Um, I had one more thing to say about okay. the last question. Um, something else that stood out to me was like how like wealthy like how much money was put into that temple like it was like insanely like like how do you say it like it was just it, it was an impressive building yeah. it was an impressive <laughs> building we'll leave it at that because you know they're forced to pay money to the churches not like here where you just like like Bobby doesn't even mention it you just like <laughs> you just walk out um, we do have an offering box though yeah you have an offering box. <laughs> Okay, we, but like we, I mean, it's like next to the door. So. We do have an offering box. All right. So, so what, what what did we find out about? What did we like or, or find interesting at the museum or, or Temple Square or anything that we did that afternoon or talking to the sisters? So in the conference center, the one thing that uh, we didn't see last year that we saw this year was like you're in a big room and there's twelve or fourteen paintings and it shows like the. Um, to create like the early parts of the more the book of mormon and it's like i mean it doesn't make sense it's like is it one big thing i remember is like when jesus died in jerusalem he actually he didn't go to heaven he came to the americas and came down to the people who were more holy and like showed there but i mean the whole it's like 12 paintings talking about like how this the people left jerusalem before jesus came and how they built temples in like mexico or like Canada, like just like random places, and then none of that stuff's there. But it was just like a, it was weird. It really was strange. What's well, all coming out of the Book of Mormon, and, and that was from Joseph Smith. And and you know, once again, when we go back to how the Bible, and that's what we taught there, the absolute truths, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Bible are absolute truths. That's one reason we go there is these kids don't understand the absolute truths, right? And so that's the tough part. Is that we're trying to figure out, hey, how do we show them absolute truth uh, that the Bible is real? And that's why when we're out there talking is that we say Jesus of the Bible because they believe in Jesus, right? It's just he's a created being. We're all brothers and sisters like him, but he just worked harder than all of us to get where he is. And so that's why it's so important for us. We gave away 20-some Bibles while we were there for them to just read the Bible, not their quad or not the Book of Mormon. We want them just to read the Bible and just to love on them 
who they are and let them know that they can ask questions. What else? What did you think about Seabass? The, the thing that stuck out to me in the museum. Um, it was like, in the museum, there's like a TV screen, a 180 TV screen, and it was showing us Joseph chopping wood, and then out of nowhere, he just starts having visions, apparently. It was like 200 years ago, and he was just chopping wood, and then he basically changed everything that we now believe. That they believe, yeah. Yeah, that they believe. Yeah. No, it, and, that, and that's, that's part of it. Once again, you know, as we, you know, as we do live, right, we got to be very careful of, of what we, we take in and what we look at. Um, and once again, we just preach just like we preach here. We preach through the Bible text by text. And then we're talking about Jesus of the Bible because you can be led astray by two degrees. I just keep remembering two degrees, two degrees. Anybody else? What do you got, Anna? Um, just talking to the sisters. So some of them would, anytime you asked a question, they would say, oh, somewhere in the Book of Mormon, or they would, couldn't give you a definite spot for anything that they saw or you asked questions about. So I had asked a question about a painting that had um, mercy and just just in there. And they were saying how, how in the Book of Mormon, there's this person who's just sitting on the ground and they've done horrible things. And then these two angels have come down to say that we are, that God is just and he's also merciful. And they kept saying, they kept adding things onto it. They kept saying that in the book of Moroni, in the book of Mormon, this happened. But they couldn't place his spot. They couldn't show me anything. It's like they didn't, they didn't know anything to say. Anybody else? Yeah, so um, in that same room that Sean was talking about, I was reading along and I was like, because in each room there's like two sisters and there's like two Mormon sisters and they're always together. Even in the bathroom, one of them standing outside, they're always together. And I was very confused with the painting, so I went up to them and I was like, hey, can you explain this to me? And they explained it, and I was like, okay, can you explain that again? Because I did not understand that. <laughs> and so I was like, that's interesting because the Bible doesn't say anything about this at all. And they're like, well, you know, the Bible, and they kind of went off on like this, why the Book of Mormon is the right way and that the King James Version has been taken very out of context and everything. And... So we kept talking, and I was like, you know, it's not about works and stuff, and you have to believe in Jesus and God in the Bible. And they're like, yeah, that's that's what we believe. And I was like, yeah, not really, but, you know. And we kind of had, like, a little debate, but not like, hey, you're, you're wrong. It was like, hey, we believe this, we believe that. Well, me and Sophia, we got left behind by the group a little bit so they were safe <laughs> we were safe we were safe <laughs> we didn't leave the building no they were safe well we thought we thought that they were upstairs so we start walking upstairs and the uh <laughs> we started talking to these two sisters and my mind was still back on the first conversation because i was like so my mind was blown by that and so when we started talking to these other sisters, we kept, 
I don't know. It was like, hey, like we believe that there's one kingdom. They believe that there's three kingdoms. They're like, we believe that you get saved and then you get baptized. They were like, yeah, we believe the same thing. It's it's not the same thing. It's very it, and it's it's tough, right? It's tough because everything and everything lines up, right? It's so close. And so when you think about it, Debbie talked about it a few minutes ago about all the stuff, right? The gospel's easy, right? The gospel's easy. So when you think about it, so out in, in, in Utah County, 88.7% are LDS, right? And so there's only 2.8 that are evangelical, of, or that's in the state of Utah. And so it's a very small population. But the scary part, because many of the kids out there, they know they got to do all that they can do to get to that next level. And then what Hannah was talking about, so in heaven, they have a three-layered heaven system. And so to get to the top, you got to be like, you know, Michael Jordan of, of everything. And But this is what's so scary, and this is why we go, and this is why we plant seeds. So Utah and Idaho are two of the largest LDS states in the country. Um, Utah has the third highest teen suicide rate in the country. They got everything. The nicest parks, the nicest schools, they got everything. The third highest suicide rate in the country. Idaho, number one suicide rate in the country. And Georgia's 19th, not that it's nothing to brag about. But this is real life. This is why we're trying to get those young people to understand Jesus of the Bible. And where we, we, we look at it. And so kind of my last question, one of the last questions is, what did the trip open your eyes to or how did the mission trip abroad, how did the mission trip show you missions abroad or missions right here in Jackson County? How did it open your eyes to maybe things that we as an individual or we as a body, a family at Cornerstone, what are some things that we can do differently, better, or maybe we can do more of? Go to work. Uh, probably just invest in like relationships. Like when we go out there, we're very intentional about investing in relationships with the kids and with the parents. And like when we come here, I mean, even like the church, we we don't really socialize. We don't talk. We just come in, go out, and and that's it. So I mean, when we're here, we could really be intentional about investing your time, effort, and and building relationships like we do out there. Because, I mean, I'm very excited to go back and see these kids again. And a lot of the kids in this church, I, I don't even know. So that's something I'm going to work on. Okay. Anybody else? So this is my second time in Utah. I'm, my eyes were probably more open this time than last time. Uh, just because I think everything had more of an opportunity to set, set in in terms of um, really the difference between the LDS church and us is that they have been taught a lie or they have extreme misconceptions about the Bible and who God is. And really there's so many just right around us that have either been taught a lie or they have misconceptions about the Bible. And so um, really, I don't, you know, I think as a church, um, you know, Bobby does excellent with expository preaching and, um, holding us accountable for being in the word and I think in those relationships that we're building that it has to come back to the word it's about the truth of the word at the end of the day it's about the truth of the word 
And so how do we infuse that in our everyday relationships at work, at church, you know, our friends? How do we do that? Um, because the, there are people just like the LDS, you know, one person removed from us. And I, this trip, it really sunk in a lot more to me, but like, you don't know what's going on in these kids' home lives. And so like, they start to tell you things and you're like, oh my gosh, like I would never, I would have never guessed like this was happening. And just like stuff like that, like you just don't know. And so I feel like a lot of the time we approach it with such a, oh, I know baseline about this person's life and this is all I need to know. Just like, you know, we just said, just like Matt just said, like, this is all we need to know and we're not going to invest anymore. But like, the more you dig deep, the more you find out why these kids are like this and like why they believe the things they do. And I think that was something really heavy on me this trip. And like, just that their Jesus is also real to them. Like, our Jesus is real to us. And I, that like, that was heavy on me last trip and it was heavy on me this trip. Like, Jesus of the Bible is so real to us, but their Jesus, they believe in him and they believe in him with their whole heart and like, it's not something we can debate about. It's not something we can just tell them he's not real. You know, our Jesus of the Bible is real and that's the only way. I mean, he is the only way. Jesus of the Bible is the only way. But that there's no debate, there's no argument that you're going to win that is going to convince them that the life they've been living for the past 20, 30, 40 years is all wasted. It's your life has to prove to them that like Jesus of the Bible is real. So you got something to do? Um, something else is like just showing love to everybody, just like being like Jesus and what Jesus would want us to do um, instead of like arguing. I mean, also like knowing our Bible, like knowing what we believe, because like you said, Pastor Jeff, like it's just two degrees that it's like they still call themselves like the Church of Jesus Christ, but it's just completely different. So just like knowing our Bible and knowing what we stand by. So like if we ever come across like an unbeliever or someone like from LDS Church or another religion, we like know what we believe and we could like tell them and just like um, compare and yeah. So when you when you see this, so there's there's fifty some kids here. Sherry, can you find the one with um, Emerson and, and them, the, where they're sitting in the back of the church? So so Debbie talked about this, and I got goosebumps right now. So these these three two brothers and a sister, they came last year, and um, Dutch wears a hat every time, and so he really drew left. So Drew won't get real red in the face, um, but Dutch really attached to Drew and, and, and really and, and so we had a pie in the face and, and it was supposed to be just Pastor Barry and Pastor Jeff getting pies in the face but the kids decided differently so Drew got a pie in the face Rory got a pie in the face uh, Reagan got a pie in the face and I got a pie in the face somehow Pastor Barry who made up the whole thing didn't get a pie in the face I don't know but so so these these little ones right here, they encouraged them. We encouraged all to come to church. And, and we know it's difficult um, to, to, to do something different than you've always done. And But the, our, our kids invested, and, and 
we were kind of disappointed. They said, no, we got to go. So the, Emerson, the little, the, well, he's not the really little one. He's the bigger one. Um, he just turned eight. And so in LDS church, eight is a big age. And he had to go to the to their meeting place or the ward to get his blessing. And so he said, hey, I can't come because I have to get my blessing. And so we're at church. And lo and behold, these three and their mom show up. Right? So they went to their temple. They went to the ward. Had service. He got his blessing. And then they came to an evangelical church to hear the gospel. Right? And, and so... Once again, you know, Roy said it well, and, you know, they're passionate about what they believe. We're passionate about what we believe, and we even talked about it, you know. People use the word indoctrinate a little bit rough, right? We're trying to indoctrinate ours too, okay? If you don't, if, if you don't believe me, come talk to me. But once again, we allow them to ask questions. We want questions. Right? We want students to say, well, why is that so? In, in, some, in some other parts, it's not like that. But this is why we go out there. Because these three and their mom, the dad didn't come. We don't know what they put themselves in front of to come to see some people that they truly enjoy being with. And, and, and so back to what Debbie said and back to what Matt said. Who will you invite to church next week? You can come on, Bobby. Who are you going to invite to church next week? Right? Because we don't know where anybody stands. And, and don't worry about being getting embarrassed if they say no. Just ask them again next week. Right? Because we never know where they're at. And, and these three right here are a prime example of why we invite. Because we don't know. We don't know. But, you know, in, in our plan is to go back next year, right? Because the relationships have been built. I mean, they were so excited. We'll see you next year. You know, 365 days later, they're already ready to come. And we don't know the end of the story. And I don't want to know the end of the story. God does. God does. It's all absolute truths. And we want to go out there and show absolute truths. Show love, no disrespect, just love them where they're at. And that's in Eagle Mountain, Utah. What do you got to add, Bobby? Just to close out this morning, um, do want you to know, because you heard, heard words this morning, weird, creepy, different things like that. And I promise you it was, guys. It really was, from our beliefs and all that. But these kids showed total respect. They did not show weirdness and creepiness and all that. When they were on mission with those kids, they loved them. At the same time, they were just presenting truth, but they did it so respectfully and so lovingly. See, this is the Bible, the Bible what tells us to do, to give love and truth. And some of us are love people, so we don't always want to tell the full truth. It might hurt feelings. Some of us are very truth people, and if they get their feelings hurt, who cares? You know, We have a balance in our personality, but the Bible has instructed us well, speak the truth in love. And these kids did that, guys. And so while they come back in the safety of their own church and their own beliefs, and, and they may use some words like that, I promise you, and, and those words are appropriate. They really is. It's very different from what they have experienced. And so they were not embellishing that whatsoever. They were just saying it really is different when you believe that a, a husband has to pull the wife through the veil in order to go to heaven. Have you heard that doctrine before? Those are strange things. It is different. 
But when they were there with the kids, they just showed Christ, his love and his truth. And that's what missions is. It's just going out, whether it's across the street, like you said, in Jackson County, in your schools, your workplaces, just speaking truth and love and giving that balance so that we don't, you know, go away from doctrine. Uh, I think that's one of the things I was most proud of is that they were said, well, you know, the Bible says. Don't take for granted of growing your kids up in the word so that if they are challenged with a world of different beliefs, that they'll be able to come back and say, but you know, the Bible says most beautiful words in the world, guys, that you get that opportunity to raise your kids. So you have an opportunity to surround yourself with a community of faith that uh, says, here's what we believe that the Bible says, and that Christ is enough. I do want to just go through uh, names. Uh, we had a few that had to leave for a different reason, but Sophia, uh, if you prayed for Sophia, this is who she is. I think a lot of people know who Rory is. Uh, this is her second time. Matt, I, I cannot say enough about Matt. Truly, 16 to 18. Have you ever tried to herd cats? <laughs> and somehow he had these five and under and he had a lot of three and four-year-olds and that were not used to following directions, even a straight line. And the guy showed amazing patience. I mean, well, in, in that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that, you know, so we're an outdoor park, right? So we're not in the confines of a building where they can't get out, right? So we're in a big park and there's mountains and there's nothing for miles, right? So we got to keep everybody close. Sorry about that. No, that's, that's they, want, they wanted that playground. Yeah, yeah. And Sebastian, we were so uh, he and I got to buddy up a little bit, and so it was really good to, to get to know him. And Hannah, and I appreciate uh, again somebody going and, and kind of giving leadership, and, and yet still having so much fun with the kids. And Anna, uh, really appreciate this was her second year going. And Debbie, uh, you could not have asked for a better group, guys, that represented Christ well, represented this church well. We're going to end with this. I'm going to ask uh, them to come back up to, to lead us just through Amazing Grace. Um, uh, but guys, North American Mission Board is, years ago, they picked several cities and said these are strategic places in America, not foreign countries, but in America that just need to know the truth. And Salt Lake City was one of those. They're called Send Cities. And so that's why this church was originally planted several years ago with that commissioning. And so that's why we are involved with them. Pray for Pioneer Community Church because I truly, truly believe that God has done something. Here, here's what's happening in the LDS church. There's a generation growing up. And again, if we're going to be intellectually fair and, and even, uh, we have a lot of Christians that as they get to 18, 19, are kind of thinking through their faith. It's a normal part of, of growing up and maturing, that it's not mom's faith, it's not dad's faith, but it's my faith. And that's happening in the LDS church. But what's happening is more and more of the history of Joseph Smith is being exposed. And there's a lot of 30, 40s, and 50-somethings that are now going, okay, I have these questions. And the typical answer in the Mormon church, the LDS church, is doubt your doubts, put it on the shelf. And there's an expression that's going through in these last three or four or five years at an extremely alarming rate to the LDS church, and that is, my shelf is broken. 
I put all my, you won't answer anything. To where we very much say, okay, go to the Word. Let's find this out. Let's go and, and see what God has to say about that. That does not happen in that church. So please pray for them. Barry and them have now been in this location for seven years. They are getting a good foundation. A lot of their church are former LDS. And so as somebody would come in from the LDS church, they are, okay, you know my struggle. I can identify. But here's something really cool. In the last two years, God is sending some older Christians who have been walking with Christ for 30, 40, 50 years. And they're very grounded in doctrine. Do you see how important that is for what God is setting up there? That you have these people that, as you come in as former LDS, are asking questions about LDS, that they understand what you've been through. They understand about holy underwear, and they understand about all those things that we're going, that's just weird. They understand how important it is to those families that were growing up there. But he's also supplying to them people who have been walking with Christ for a long time that have answers because of years of discipleship. I truly believe, not trying to be prophetic here, truly believe that Barry and Janice Church, Pioneer Community Church, is going to play a major part in kingdom work in the next five years. There's a fracture that's happened in the Mormon church, in the LDS church, as more and more adults, not just the the youth, but the adults are asking questions, and they're not finding the answers that reflect what the Bible says. And they're beginning to explore who is the biblical Jesus. So will you pray for them? Will you pray for them? And pray for Barry and Jen as they lead the church out there. Pray for the older ones that have come to just make this solid base of believers. Pray for those that are questioning their faith. Because when you leave LDS church, you oftentimes leave your family. You pretty much are put out. And it's a, it's a big deal. Something we don't realize. So let's pray for them, and then we're going to go out, uh, or we're going to sing Amazing Grace and go out after that. Uh, Again, just let's lift up our hearts to the Lord. Father God, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, now I'm found. I was blind. And now I see. Father, help us to keep it that simple. That it's all about what you have done to remedy us in our sin by sending us a Savior, your own Son, who died on the cross so that we, Father, could be forgiven and that we could know you forever and ever. Father, we're going to have our weird, our kind of strange beliefs, even as Christians, to somebody who's totally unfamiliar with you. But Father, I pray that what they would see most in this church of Cornerstone, what they would see at Pioneer, what they would see in each one of our individual lives, is someone who truly has just trusted the work of Christ and Christ alone to make them right with you, a holy God. So, Father, we leave today praying for Barry and Jen and Pioneer Church, for all these kids, for for our kids, for us as a church to be a light in a darkened world, that we would keep it as simple as this amazing grace. 
We pray this in thankfulness, in gratitude, and in joy. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.